You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. Easter Sunday is April 17th. Join us for the celebration along with a giveaway for kids, students, and those who are college age. May 1st at 6 p.m., the Isaacs will be with us. You can get tickets at jccwv.org slash Isaacs or call the general office. In this podcast, we're going to hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Payton. Amen. Well, I'm not good at jokes, but I'll try to tell you a little funniness. I, hopefully, anybody who ever watched Fantasy Island growing up in life, I'm going to reveal my age today. On Monday, we're doing a staff meeting, and we're talking about the plane drop. And I go, the plane, the plane, the plane. And everybody's looking at me besides Mike, and Mike's busting out laughing, and everybody's like, and I'm like, they plane, they plane, and Mike's still laughing, and I'm getting it. And Nancy goes, Fantasy Island? Yeah, Fantasy Island, the plane. We're talking about an egg drop. And then I told Mike, I said, maybe I can get Trevor to dress up like the little guy and run out through there in the field and go, the plane, the plane. Sad news is there is no plane. So anyway, right? So today we're thankful, right? Today Christians all around the world are celebrating Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem which we call Palm Sunday because the crowd welcomed him, spreading palm branches across his path. They greeted him with excitement, shouting and rejoicing, convinced he was the Messiah, the anointed one sent by God to establish his kingdom on earth. They were wrong. But we're gonna, we're gonna see how we get to Jesus, the Lamb of God today. I'm gonna give you some history, okay? So Jesus became the sacrifice that was called the Lamb of God. And we're gonna learn starting in Exodus 12, if you would stand for the reading of God's word. The Lord speaking to Moses and Aaron in verse three, speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel saying, in the 10th day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Verse five, your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the, out from the sheep or from the goats, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Verse 12 through 14, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the Lord shall be with you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Yea, shall keep it as a feast and an ordinance forever. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm thankful for your word, Lord God. And Father, I want to stand behind the cross, Lord God. I pray that they wouldn't see me, but they'd see you. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me. Allow every word that's been prepared, Lord God, to flow the way that you want it to. And keep any words, Lord God, out of me that you don't want out. And Lord, I ask your blessing up on their ears and their hearts to receive, Lord God. If there's one here today that doesn't know Jesus as the Lamb of God, I pray this message would grab their heart and convince them that they need a Savior named Jesus. And I ask your blessing in the name of Jesus. And amen. You may be seated. So every man, in the 10th day, every man was to take a lamb for his house. Imagine that, every, every man, well, let's back up. Let me give you some history. 
So we're coming out of Egypt, right? We got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and, and Abraham had a son, Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And one of his sons, Joseph, was a special character. And he was blessed and anointed by God. And he, he was, his brothers were jealous. So they sold, sold him off into slavery. And Joseph became uh, governor to Pharaoh. And in the time that, that Pharaoh was there, Pharaoh was blessed uh, greatly because of Joseph being a man of God. Well, Joseph has died. Pharaoh has died. There's a new Pharaoh that has risen up. So they've been in bondage. Uh, Pharaoh decides that Israelites, the population has grown greatly. And he says, they're getting more, popula more population than us. So we need to do something about this. So he turns them into slaves. So that's where we're at. And they've been crying out for 400 plus years. They've been crying in the Lord that they want out of this bondage, okay? So the Lord is speaking to Moses and Aaron. He says, in the 10th day, every man, a lamb, a lamb for a house. Imagine that. So you have to go out and you have to scatter through your lamb because the next verse tells us without blemish or without spot and it has to be a male. So you have to go through your farm. You gotta find a lamb. This is gonna take a little bit of time. Every lamb that I ever had growing up, they all had spots. They all had blemish. There was only one that we ever had that was without and we bought him from somebody else. He was a full suffix, black face and he was just white as, as crystal snow. He was beautiful. He wasn't very tame though. But imagine that, that you bring this goat, this sheep into your house, this lamb into your house. Anytime you ever bring an animal into your house, don't you get attached to it? Doesn't your, doesn't your kids at least get attached to it? Imagine being the man that has to pull that lamb away from your children to bring into, into sacrifice for your family. The lamb shall be without blemish a male. Man, that is our savior. He came to this earth without spot, without blemish, never sinned. He was tempted, but never failed. He's a male and he was taken from the sheep or from the goats. He too was taken from the sheep. He didn't come and become a, a prosperous man. He came as a servant, humbled to give himself to, G, to us. To Jesus came to sacrifice everything that he had to be a humble servant unto us. He taught us to serve. He even washed the feet of the disciples. Not that one of them was greater than the other, but he did it so that the way they understood servanthood. He's without spot or blemish. He came from the sheep. He dwelled among us because he didn't want to be anything better than us, even though he is. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the side post and on the upper post. They would take the blood of the, uh, of the lamb and they would go to the door face of their house and they, they would take what they collected from the sacrifice and they would paint up on the left side and they would paint up on the right side and they would paint across the door top. The blood, the blood could not be on the door because the blood was not to be trampled upon. The blood of Jesus is not to be trampled upon. The blood of Jesus was sacrificed. When we confess our Savior as our Lord and Savior, we are to surrender our lives. We're not to trample upon the blood of the Lamb. The blood is to be upon the doorpost of our frame, upon our spirit, man, so that we live a righteous life unto God. We are not to trample upon the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. They were not to trample upon the blood, the sacrificed Lamb on the doorface. He says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. He's passing through the land of Shinston right now, through Meadowbrook, through Harrison County, wherever you're at, live stream. He's passing through your living room and he's looking for the blood of the lamb. If you're not covered by the blood, you need to be covered by the blood because it protects you from all destruction. April 10th last year, 
I know he didn't bring it out, but the blood was covered our pastor. When he had five strokes, if he would have passed and went to heaven, the blood was on his doorpost, stepping into eternity. But the blood was covered where no weapon formed against him shall prosper. Listen, we gotta have the blood. We gotta seek the blood. We gotta be intentional about the blood of Jesus Christ, the lamb that was sacrificed for us, amen? And the blood shall be to you a token upon the houses where you are. Is the blood applied? Is it a token to you? You know, Trevor, the blood has to be applied. Cole, the blood has to be applied. It's been applied to grandpa. It's been applied to dad, Cole. It's got to go down to generations. It's got to keep going down the generations. Amen. He says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over it. What's going on? He was putting death upon, upon all of Egypt. And the Israelites had a choice to slay the lamb, an unblemished male, and be responsible to put the blood so that the death angel would pass over. The death angel is coming one day. Will we be covered by the blood? How have you applied the blood today? This day shall be unto you for a memorial to the Lord throughout your generations, just as I was talking about. Listen, he wants us to share the gospel with our families, with our generations. This is not just something, you know, I talked to a pastor a couple weeks ago and he said, listen, I grew up in the seventies and I had a rebellious spirit on me. And I passed it down to my daughter and I passed it down to my, my grandchildren and my grand grandchildren. And he said, it's taken a lot of prayer, but they're starting to come to the house of God. Why get there? Bring your children to church. I've spoken to a few people here and they said, I invite them to youth. They got younger people and they're, well, they just don't want to come. I don't care. He had a drug problem. I was forced to church. And if I wouldn't have been forced to church, I wouldn't have come back into, to God. He says, train them up in the way that they should go so that they return. Amen? We gotta, we gotta train up our children so that they won't depart from the church or from the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no excuses why we can't come to church. We make it to every other event. Why can we not come to church? Cindy, Cindy spoke yesterday and she said, you know, with, when our kids were in, were in athletics on Sunday morning, uh, we, didn't, we didn't miss service. We were here. We may have been running out the door faithfully with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and choking it down while we got there, but we were here and we returned Sunday evenings and we were here because it's important to have the blood of Jesus over us, amen? Passover was originally a feast for those about to be delivered in obedience to God. My question is, how is your obedience to God? How is my obedience to God? We need to examine our hearts. Passover gives proof of God's presence and protection. It's a reminder, a continued celebration by all the congregation of Israel that God had delivered them from death. It stands as a, more, a memorial to Israel because it marks life as a new beginning. The life was new. They were coming out of bondage. They were about to celebrate out of, out of the Pharaoh's hands into a prosperous land where God had blessed them and told them to go. Amen? Passover's deliverance in a new beginning. Have you brought the lamb into your house? The day of atonement, Leviticus 16, seven through 10. And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which lots, the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord 
to make an atonement with him and let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. There's two goats. And the priest has one for the congregation, the sins of the congregation to, sac- to sacrifice and one to cast lots on. They were supposed to be without spot, without blemish. They're supposed to be the same in size. And, the, and they, the goat stood before the gate and he would take them and he would pray over these two goats. And I believe that he would wait for the spirit to tell him which goat was to be sacrificed and which was to be the scapegoat. And then he would sacrifice the, the goat, the priest would sacrifice the goat and he would, take the, he would take the blood from that goat and he would go into the holies of holies. He would go behind the veil, sprinkling the blood of, of, the, of the goat all over the mercy seat and before the mercy seat for, for forgiveness of our sins, for forgiveness of their transgressions. But at the same time, the other goat would be watching as he ended, as he stopped consecrating the people, as God released him, he would go to the other goat and he would pray all the sins upon the scapegoat. And then there was a dedicated man who would lead that goat out into the wilderness, hopefully never to return, hopefully to never bring the sins back of the people. When that man returned because of the defilement of sin that was upon him, he had to wash all of his garments and he had to bathe himself clean. Even the high priest who touched the goat, who was defiled by the sins of the people, had to wash his garments and to wash his clothes to be clean before the Lord. He says for the life in in Leviticus 17 and 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls for it is the blood that maketh atonement for your soul. The blood makes the atonement. God's sacrifice of the sinless lamb, the shedding of blood to sacrifice a life for a life. God has provided the blood to cover our sin through the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Making atonement and reconciling us, reconciliating us to God. Apart from the shedding of blood, giving a life, there is no atonement. John the Baptist in John 1 and 29, he says, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Prophecy, Zechariah 9 and 9, he says, Rejoice greatly, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming. He is righteous and victorious. That should get you excited. Your king is coming. One day your king is coming to you. He is righteous and he is victorious. And he's coming to take a righteous bunch of people back to heaven who's going to be victorious because you walked a faithful walk before him. Amen? Amen. Yet he's humble, riding on a donkey, even on a donkey's colt. The prophecy, the Messiah would be king of the Jews. He is just, he's righteous, he's lowly, and salvation is only through him. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. The preparation for the Lamb of God. Remember when Jesus was born, Luke 2, 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Wise men came and fell down and worshiped him, presenting gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. His name was Emmanuel, God with us. As gifts were presented at his birth, preparation to declare his righteousness and that he would be among us. There's a day of preparation going on six days before Passover. 
Jesus is visiting one of his favorite families, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Martha cooked a big meal and Lazarus, he's sitting at the table. But you know what's great about Lazarus sitting at the table? In chapter 11 in John, Lazarus was dead in a tomb. But Jesus went and visited the tomb and he brought him out of the tomb and now he's fellowshipping at the table with Jesus. I don't know what tomb you might be sitting in, but if you give your heart to Christ, he'll bring you out of the tomb and he'll set you at his table because he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to get personal with you. Amen. He wants you. Verse 12, then Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, very costly. The only thing that's costly about your relationship with Jesus is that Jesus paid it all for you. Amen. Amen. And anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Can you imagine? Jesus, Mary's just simply worshiping him, simply just pouring out everything that she's got. Whenever the pastor invites you, whenever Pastor Kerry invites you to come to this altar, that's all they're saying. Come here, pour out your heart unto God, worship him for what he's done to you. And if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, come before him and worship him. That's all that he's asking for. Pour out your heart. He wants your worship. He wants all of you. He already knows the trouble that you're going through. He already knows the victory that you got but he just wants your presence. And now all that we want is his presence, amen? She's worshiping him. She didn't know what she was doing, but she was anticipating Jesus's death and burial. In John 12 and seven, then Jesus said, let her alone against the day of my burying as she kept this. Jesus recognizes the good work Mary's done. As she's pouring out her worship, he recognizes that the next fulfillment before his death has taken place. Matthew 21, one through 11. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage and to the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples saying unto them, go into the village over against you and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her, loose them and bring them unto me. And, it, and if any man say aught unto you, you shall say the Lord has need of them and straightway he will send them. Listen, there's two donkeys riding in and it takes you back to the scapegoat. It takes you back that there's two animals, identical. Maybe they're not the same size as the goats, but the one that's on the smaller goat makes it even playing field. Do you hear me? He says, he says straightway, go there. Listen, he's continuing to tell us Straightway, go there. Walk the straight and narrow path. He wants to bring you out of destruction. He wants to bring you out of the broad gate. He wants to bring you out of the gate that's taken you to hell. He wants to bring you into the path of heaven, into righteousness. You gotta choose that day, today hopefully. All this was done that might be fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet saying, tell you the daughter of Zion, behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting up on an ass and the colt of a foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the ass and the colt and put them and put their clothes on them and set them. Imagine this. Many times people come in and they say, the building didn't fall down on me. Listen, the building's not gonna fall down on you. Jesus wants to tame you just like that colt. He wants to be able to saddle up on you just like he did this colt, amen? A very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Imagine, he's so tame that they're spreading the garments out before him. Have you ever been around an animal that's not been tamed? You're not gonna do that. 
Others cut down branches from the tree and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and, and they that followed cried saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. One other point about that, the Lord just dropped. Just think all these people are greeting him right now and they're pouring out worship, they're pouring out blessings. But are they gonna trample upon him whenever he's hanging, being crucified? Are they gonna trample the blood? God's word tells us that the people cut down palm branches and waved them in the air, put them on the ground as Jesus rode in. And this was customary in parades of conquerors of great kings. It honored, they were being honored by the people. The palm branches represented goodness and victory. And in this case, the final victory, Jesus conquering hell, death, and the grave, bringing life to those who will believe in him. Romans 10 and nine says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Today, you could start today as a new born again believer. All you gotta do is believe in Christ Jesus. Jesus chose to ride in on a donkey, which fulfilled, which fulfilled the prophecy in Zechariah 9 and 9. It was common for kings to arrive by donkey. The donkey symbolized peace. And those who rode it, they came with peaceful intentions. Jesus reminds us that he is the prince of peace. Just as Jesus mounted that untamed colt, if you allow Jesus to come into your heart, he'll tame you and he'll bring salvation and he'll bring peace to your life, amen? Listen, he won't force himself up on you. He's a gentleman, but he does love you and he does desire you and he wants a relationship with you. When the people were shouting, Hosanna, they were telling us, praise be the Christ Jesus, our King. Hosanna in the highest. When they were crying out, Hosanna, it means save. And Jesus came to seek and to save those which were lost. The people are rejoicing and shouting Hosanna, thinking about the kingdom is gonna be established. They're thinking that Jesus is riding in and he's gonna be king of Jerusalem. He's gonna kick out all the Romans and then any other empire that's there, he's gonna establish his kingdom here on earth. But they were so wrong. God was getting ready to establish the true salvation to all that will trust in him. The Bible reads that Jesus wept for Jerusalem. Jesus still weeps for the nation. He still weeps for those that are lukewarm Christians. He weeps for those that have not surrendered their lives. He weeps for us who are still growing in our faith because he wants to see us stand strong. He knows when we'll be trained, then and now. He knows all things. Luke 19, 41 and 42 says, and as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Today, what would bring you peace? I know what brought me peace. In closing, Palm Sunday reminds us of the one of the most important days in the Bible. The chosen lamb had to be brought to the house. As Jesus is being celebrated, the people are shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the same time, scripture's being fulfilled. The Lamb of God is being led to the Father's house, to Jerusalem, to the temple, to be held until the day of his sacrifice.
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God the Father sacrificed his Son Jesus. The wages of sin is death. The past, the present, the future sin, all of our sins, the sins of the people in Israel, whenever they sacrificed the lamb, was covered by the blood. Today, our sins, if we take Jesus as the sacrificed lamb, our sins are covered by the blood. Jesus became the sacrificed lamb of God and laid down his life to save ours. A life for a life, atonement for our sins. Jesus is the lamb of God. The blood of bulls and goats, they don't please the Lord. But the blood of Jesus Christ, it pleased the Lord, amen? Jesus, the lamb of God, he also became the scapegoat. He became the sacrificed lamb, but then he also became the scapegoat. He was led away from the people in hopes that our sins wouldn't return to us. The sins of the people was laid upon Jesus. Imagine that, every sin that you ever had, every sin that I ever had was laid upon Jesus Christ. And he was killed as a sacrificial lamb, but he's also taken out of the land in hopes that our sin would not come back to us. In hopes that if we believe in Jesus Christ, and confess our sins and ask him to be the Lord of our life will be changed. The scapegoat, he conquered hell, death, and the grave and he ascended into heaven. Jesus has redeemed us of our sins and forgiven us of all unrighteousness. Jesus, he is the Lamb of God and he's here today and he wants to make your heart his home. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall live. You say, how could I be dead? You're dead in sins. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, you're dead in this world. You're just passing through it and you're just a walking corpse. In order to be alive, you have to confess Jesus as your Lord and savior. You have to ask him in. He's the only way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the father but by me. He's the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus paid the price. He laid down his life for all of us. I would ask you today to just bow your eyes. Bow your eyes, close your head. (laughs) How about bowing your head? I'd ask the prayer team to come. Today, the message is about the Lamb of God. Is he in your house? We got a lot of new families here today. I greeted five before we even started service and handed them a connect card. Where's your heart today? As we bow our heads and close our eyes, where's your heart today? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him to come into your heart? The Lamb of God sacrificed it all. He laid it down. Is there one here today that would say, Pastor, I need the Lamb of God. I need to ask him to come into my heart. I need to ask him to come into my life. Listen, he paid it all. He died on a cross so that you could have life. Is there one here today that would say, I need salvation? Is there one here today? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. 
Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. Easter Sunday is April 17th. Join us for the celebration along with a giveaway for kids, students, and those who are college age. May 1st at 6 p.m. The Isaacs will be with us. You can get tickets at jccwb.org slash Isaacs or call the general office.